Hey everyone, it's Simon here. Welcome to our podcast this week. We had in-person church, and thank you to everyone who came and joined us. Uh, if you didn't, or if you're just checking out our podcast, you're a visitor or something, welcome. Hope you feel welcome. You know, when we have in-person church, I record a podcast-only version of the Sunday Sermon, which I've been enjoying doing over these fortnightly service weeks, which are only going to last for so long because in February next year, we're jumping to weekly services, which we're excited about. If you want to know anything more about our church, head to our website, everyonechurch.com.au. You can find out all about us. We're a relatively new church plant, and we're enjoying the journey. But last week, we started a series called This Is The Way. This Is The Way, which is a bit of a play on words from the Star Wars Mandalorian series. I'm not sure if you're a Mandalorian fan, but if you're not and you haven't seen any any of it, it's all good because really the only thing I'm taking from it is just this phrase, this is the way. It's like the Mandalorian, he looks at other Mandalorians and he says, this is the way. And then they say back, this is the way. That's all you need to know. <laughs> it's nothing crazy, right? So I'm just stealing that one phrase. But Jesus did say in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus says he is the truth. He's not just a truth, but he is the truth, and he is the life, not just a form of life, but the life. We believe there is no true living outside of Christ, that outside of Christ we are spiritually dead. Uh, And Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life in abundance, meaning life from him and life like him. Him. This is the life he's talking about. And our only hope of truly living in this life and for eternity in heaven is in Christ, because uh, he is the life. And also, he says he's the way, the way, the truth, and the life. And many Christians, and myself included, we all kind of conclude, hey, that when Jesus says the way, he means he's the only way to heaven, which is not untrue, but there's so much more than that. You know, that that word way, the way, uh, the original Greek word is the word hodos, which means it's not just about like a traveled road. It also means a course of conduct or a way of thinking, feeling, and deciding. So Jesus is saying he's not just the way to heaven. He's also the way to live. He's the way to think, feel, and decide. He is how I practice my life with God. This is the way. This is what this series is all about. We're, we're, we're focusing on some practical practices of the Christian life. Uh, you know, we, we become what we practice, really. Like if we practice stinginess and greed, well, guess what? We'll, we'll be stingy and greedy. If I practice generosity, I will become generous. If I practice chaotic running from commitment to commitment, you know, with no sense of priority in my life and no sense of order, godly order in my life, well, guess what? I'll probably end up tired and weary and questioning my purpose and and all those kinds of things. Jesus said, I am the way, the way, the practice, the doing, the deciding, the habit, however you want to put it, this is the way. And these are important things in life, especially if we want to live a life with and for God, which is what we want to do as Christians. You know, James says in James chapter 2, verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So my faith, trust, and relationship with God is shown in the way in which I practice life. 
and we are all works in progress. Amen. We are all working out how we work things out in some ways. But I believe there are true and trusted ways that we follow Jesus practically. You know, Christianity is not just theory. It's also practice. You can't be a Christian who just sits there and says, yeah, I'm a Christian and just internalizes it all. No, there are actual practical things that that affects in your life. And there are ways that we walk step by step with God. There are ways to experience who he is and how he wants us to live, right? And there are places we can go and things we can do that help us drink deep of the things of God. Now, just to bring some balance and clarity here, I'm not talking about doing these practices to get to God. We don't live a works-based life with God. Uh, We don't earn our favor by works, no. Uh, But a God-centered and transformed life is outworked, meaning it's only by His grace and goodness that we are able to walk with Him and live like Him and live in His way. You know, last week we focused on the first practice. I've got five of these that we're going to go through, but the first one was the practice of the presence of God. And this was all about the focus of my life toward Him and knowing that He is with me in every moment of every day, to be aware of Him, to think upon Him, and to have statio moments in our day. Now, if you missed any of that, it's all in the podcast. Check out the previous episode. That was an online service, so you can actually watch it if you want. But stay with us in this series so that you can build week to week on these five practices. This is the way. So the, ne- the next practice I want to focus on today is what I'm calling the practice of pages. The practice of pages. Now, just a bit of a side note. I'm making all these practices start with the letter P, okay? So the first one was the practice of the presence. This one is the practice of pages. So you can try and guess what the next three are. We're going to have five of them at this point. We might add more. You never know, but we'll stick with five for now. Uh, The practice of pages. What do I mean by the practice of pages? Well, I'm talking about study and how we should do it as Christians. Now, I just said Christianity is not about theory. It's about practice. But Your theory affects how you practice life. In other words, the truth you build your life upon will ultimately determine the way in which you live. Jesus didn't just say, I'm the way. He also said, I am the truth as well, right? So, And he also said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. He says, we are to listen to and follow. So there are things in Christ that we must learn, and listen, and obey. But in here is a a great challenge, because how do we know that we are learning what Christ is really teaching? Are we really learning His truth, or just my truth, or a denomination's truth even? And this is why the practice of pages is so important. We must know the pages of His Word, accurately. Now, the practice of pages is far more than just reading the Bible, though, because there are also uh, practices of uncovering truth from the Bible in an accurate way, right? This means that when I when I say the practice of pages, it's, it's about practically seeking godly wisdom and understanding. That's what the practice of pages is all about. Let, let's not be Christians who subscribe to this like overly basic, elementary, boring faith. Like we love sometimes in church life to quote 
Proverbs 3, 5, where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. And we use it as like a a justification to never study, to never pick up a book, never listen to something. It's like, we, it's like I don't need to understand it. The, the preacher on TV told me. And we fail to read the very next verse in Proverbs 3, 6 that says, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. So it's like, we're sitting there going, I'm not leaning on my own understanding. And God's yelling from the heavens, Read the next verse. It says, seek my will, and I'll show you which path to take. So it's not about my will. It's about his will. There is a seeking and a working to be done on our part to grow in understanding. This is the way. You know, the, just the other day, uh, it was uh, our son Elliot's fifth birthday this last week, and we had his birthday party, and he got a whole bunch of presents. And one of his presents was this, like, um, European toy kind of ambulance you know those really uh kind of fancy toys not lego or duplo you know like it's i can't remember what it's called play-doh or something it's not play-doh it's it's some sort of weird european toy it's awesome it's very cool has lots of buttons and lights and stuff but there's all these stickers and you have to kind of put it together to make it look realistic and i'm sitting there at the uh dining table and and maria is putting together this thing and she's just She's like, I think this sticker goes here, and I think this sticker goes here. And uh, and literally right in front of her is the instruction booklet, right? Unopened, just sitting there. And I got like massively triggered. I'm sitting there thinking, quit guessing where the stickers go when the book is right in front of you. And that's not to, to hack on my wife, because I do that all the time. Even with Ikea, it's like, oh, you know, I, I think I can figure out where this part goes. It's like, hey, the book is right in front of you. That shows you how to do it. And this is what so many people are like today. We're, so many Christians are like this. They're trying to put their life together, even their spiritual life together. They're trying to put their marriage together, a Christ-centered marriage together. They're trying to put their Christ-focused finances together. They're trying to put their emotions together, and they're not consulting the pages of God's truth, right? It's like the book is right in front of you, just like the instruction manual was right in front of my amazing, beautiful wife, Maria. Now, there are some foundations here. Like As Christians, we build our life on the truth of Scripture. We believe that the Bible is God-inspired and reliable. And, and if you're a skeptic today, if you're listening and you're skeptical of the Bible, you would be amazed at the historicity of the Bible, in particular the New Testament, and I, I don't have time today. I'd be happy to share some resource with you that would help that would do a much better job than me trying to explain it. But I would say this, the basic overarching theme here is that the New Testament is one of the most historically strong ancient documents we have on earth. Okay, that's basically a summary of it. And if you feel differently than that, well then let's talk about it. I'd love to have a chat with you about it. But let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. It says this, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Verse 17, God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Now, a couple notes from those scriptures. One is all scripture. We, we don't just cut off parts of scripture that we don't like. We believe all scripture is God-inspired. And we, and we believe it is God-inspired, right? meaning that although it was written by the hands of man, 
it was inspired by God. That means the best way to know what God is wanting to say is to do the work to understand what the writer was trying to say, because the writer was God-inspired. We want to know what they were saying in context. Dr. Jacqueline Gray, who is a lead professor at Alpha Crucis College, Australia's first Pentecostal Christian University, uh, which you know we have many people in our church who have studied at Alpha Crucis in the past, and she wrote a book called Them, Us, and Me. And the basic premise, I think it's one of those like entry-level books. Once you, if you do, particularly Old Testament studies, they give you this book, and it's a really good book. And the the three questions it asks is this: is when we read scripture, we need to ask three questions. One is what does this scripture mean to them at the time? Meaning, what does it mean to the people in in the story in the account at that time? The second question is what does it mean to us as Christians on this side of the cross? So there's them. There's us. And then the last question is, what does it mean for me in my Christian life? And I think these questions are really good practice. When we're doing the practice of pages to ask these three questions, what does it mean for them? What does it mean for us? And what does it mean for me? Now, we don't just read with modern eyes and impose our belief on Scripture. No, we allow the truth of Scripture to form us. And this is the issue facing many of us today, many Christians, is we don't do the work of finding truth in Scripture ourselves. We just take secondhand opinions and and think they're truth. We watch a YouTube video and we go, yep, that must be right. They have a microphone. But we must get back to the practice of pages. And in many ways, Christians today have traded, particularly in the Western world, we've traded the practice of pages for the practice of personalities, meaning We've built our faith on the charisma of a Christian leader or a communicator. Let me tell you something. We have a leader. His name is Jesus, and he said a lot, and we have a lot of it recorded in the Gospels. You know, his love is never-ending, his grace is all-sufficient, amen, and also his word is never-failing, and his truth is a solid rock to build my life upon. This is the way the practice of pages. There are pages that we turn to to help us discover his truth. And there are pages that we turn to that can actually lead us down a path of deception. Like, just think about it. How much of your life has been formed by pages you've read and learned about? Uh, You even think about the pandemic, uh, the the COVID pandemic, and how many of the uh, issues for the public was just not knowing which sources to believe. What is true? Is this just the news pushing fear? Is this just uh, people trying to make money? Is this No one really, it was hard to trust the sources. And I believe this is the same when it comes to scripture. We must be wise with our resource, with our sources, with where we are going to find the truth of scripture. Now, in the end, I'm going to give some real practical tips about all this, but I'm just laying a foundation here for us, right? This is the way. The practice of pages is the practical seeking of godly understanding and wisdom in his word. Amen? The practice of study. Uh, Now, when I say study, you might think of a desk or or a reading chair or a rocking chair or something. um, And that could definitely be part of it. Absolutely. But how it practically looks, uh, it can differ. You know, you might read books. You might listen to audio books with Audible. You might... Find a good, and that's the key word, a good podcast, like the Everyone Church podcast, just 
Shout out. Or you might organize a regular meeting with someone to and engage in discipleship and, and study God's Word together. But this is really all about being active. Now, here's a, a big question. I want you to honestly think about this. Do you, Christian, actively study God's Word? Do you actively study God's Word? Now, I'm not talking about passively studying, meaning like you're being spoon-fed from a preacher. No, but do you actively study God's Word? Are you seeking to grow in your understanding of His Word? And that's not just the pastor's job for you. Like, listen to what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 1, 9 and 10. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Verse 10, for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. This is the way. And that's the heart of the practice of pages, the practice of study, is that you would understand what really matters. And I would understand and be reminded again and again, what really matters. Don't don't be a Christian who gets all caught up with controversies and conspiracies that we have no real, like, bearing on or no, that have no eternal weight, right? Sitting around complaining and gossiping. Oh, did you see that person? Did you hear what that person said? Oh, yeah. And, and focusing on things that just don't matter in the scheme of things. You know, the practice of pages constantly brings us back to what really matters. Amen? Now, just a little bit more balance before I give the practical stuff. Don't just trust your study. Like I'm not, I'm not throwing it out there that say we must become like these incredibly studious academic people. Now there are things in the realm of God life that we will never fully understand. I, I heard it said once that I don't know who said the quote originally, but um, it was something like this: is that we can never know God fully, but we can know Him accurately. And a good compass, I believe, for the practice of pages is peace. Like, does God's peace guide your study? Like, have you ever met someone who is just all stressed out and 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 worried because they're studying up some silly topic or they're getting taken down some silly track? You know, Philippians 4.7 says, Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And our prayer should be like that of the psalmist in Psalm 119, verse 34. Give me understanding and I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice with all my heart. Now, we should be hungry and open for the spiritual food that is God's word. Amen. This is the way. The practical seeking of godly wisdom and understanding is found in the practice of pages. Now, as we close today, I just want to give some practical tips very, very quickly. And now some of these might seem basic for you, but for some of us, this might be really uh, life-changing and help put wheels on this whole topic. Number one, find a good Bible translation. Find a good Bible translation. Now, there are some really good modern translations, the, the new international version, the new living translation is one I use personally a lot, the English standard version. Uh, you know, Don't get caught up. Like I've met people before where they feel like if it's not the King James, the old King James, because if it says thou, it must be written by the gods. No, let's not get caught up in that kind of stuff. Find a translation that you can understand and 
probably like don't lean too much towards a single person's translation. You know, like something like the message. It's not. It's not bad, but uh, even Eugene Peterson would say, "Hey, this should be used more as like a, a as an addition. It shouldn't be like your solid go to for Bible reading." But uh, you, you know, get a good translation that you can understand. I recommend personally the New Living Translation. I like that. It's easy to read. You can. It's easy to listen to if you do audio Bible. So number one, find a good Bible translation. Number two, get a good study Bible, something that gives context and application. Now, I've got a life application study Bible at home. It's in the New Living Translation. It's large print made by Tyndale. Someone bought it for me, actually, a really good friend of mine named Ryan legend and uh, listen to these holy pages flicking wow fantastic stuff the practice of pages but in there it has large sections about life application and context historical context of what was happening at the time when you're reading things i would recommend you especially if you don't have one to get a study bible a really really good one and you can probably find one online as well using the U version app or something or a commentary something that helps you understand more of what you're reading so one get a good bible translation two get a good study bible and number three read some books now i'm sure you've heard the saying leaders are readers well there are so many good godly books that will help you understand more of god's truth and i'm not just talking about like you know, making your life awesome books. I'm talking about books that that dive into the truth of God's word. Trusted authors that that you know uh, aren't just selling a book, but are offering something of substance to the readers. Okay, so read a book. Number four, change it up. Practice on the go. Don't don't buy the lie that says, "Hey, I don't have time for this." Okay, the truth is, we can find. So many ways to practice pages, practice study on the go. You can get Audible. You can get podcasts and stuff. You can listen to your Bible in the car as you're driving to work. Find those moments in your day. Maybe it's a statio moment if you tuned into last week. Moments in your day, moments in your week where you can practice the practice of pages while on the go. I think that that, that is a great starting point. Obviously, we all, I think it's important for us all to have moments where we stop and put our whole focus on study for a moment, whether it's 10 minutes or so, 20 minutes, where we sit down and we read God's Word and allow God's Word to read us, okay? But don't be shy to actually make use of study on the go. Instead of listening to 96.1, put on something that's going to actually build your life on Christ's truth, amen? So number four, change it up, practice on the go. And lastly, number five, when unsure, and this point is really important to me, when unsure, ask a pastor. Now, this isn't uh, a, to big note Maria and I, or to say, come and talk to us. No, I know uh, many people in our church have pastoral relationships in their lives, which are amazing. Maybe it's even a parent that that pastors you and helps you and gives you advice, but find someone who can shepherd you. Find someone who actually cares about your well-being uh, emotionally spiritually actually cares about what you're inputting into your life you know when someone says uh, oh, I've been, like as a pastor i've had people in the past who who have come up to me oh man i've been listening to so and so and it's like no what are you listening to or oh i've been reading the gnostic gospels it's like no what are you doing and my heart sinks because the the they're 
often people, they don't even realize that they might be reading something or listening to something that is really not the best thing for their Christian walk. Now, this is where a discipleship relationship really kicks in. Like, you need to find someone who is qualified and who you can trust and who has the fruit of faithfulness and longevity in their life. And in some ways, submit your life to them. Trust their advice. Don't just think that you know it all. Like, I'm reading this book and, and my pastor thinks it's it's a bit off, but no, I'm reading it because I'm I'm a truth finder. You know, that's just pride. You know, I, I, I could tell you stories of, of times where I've uh, either known people I was pastoring or people in church life who have just read a book or heard a podcast or watched a YouTube video and gone down a huge rabbit hole of being just completely distracted and deceived. Okay, and the fruit of it is just being disconnected from the body of Christ, being bitter, being, you know, and it's like, man, you need a pastor. Everybody needs somebody in their life that they can go to and say, hey, I've been reading this book. What do you think? I've been listening to this. What do you think? I think that is really, really good advice. Like imagine if if you, I'm not sure if you have children. I know I have children. If my son brought a book that he was reading and I knew that it was not something that he should be reading. As a father, I'd be like, no, no, don't read that. That's not good for you, right? And that's what we need. We need spiritual fathers and mothers in our life who want to look out for us, who aren't just looking to make use of us, no, but are looking out for our well-being. Shepherds, people who love you, who would pray with you, who would be honest with you and say, hey man, go this way, not that way. You understand what I'm saying? So that brings to close our second practice. So the first was the practice of the presence of God. This week, the practice of pages. Let's get back to studying God's word. Let's get back to discovering his truth. The practical seeking of godly understanding and wisdom is found in the practice of pages. Amen. And amen. Let me pray for you as we close today. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your truth, your way is trustworthy. I thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And I ask, Lord, that you would give us a great passion for your word, a great passion to know what you said, a great passion to know how you said to live, how you said to decide, how you said to prioritize. And Lord, we that's what we want. We want to please you with our lives. And I ask that you would deposit into us a fresh passion for your word. Let your word be a light onto our path. And Lord, I pray for people listening today who might feel like their their passion for your word is just dwindled a bit. I, I ask that you would renew that in them. Lord, I ask that you would help direct us to the right people to talk to, the right books to read, the right places to go to stoke that fire of passion for your word. And I pray that everyone church would be a place where we practice pages. We practice that that art of studying what you've said and how you said to live. In Jesus' name, for your glory. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, thanks for joining us this week. I hope you can join us at Carol's in the Park in a couple weeks. It's going to be massive, amazing. And be sure to check our website for all upcoming events. And we hope to see you soon. Have a great week. Thank you.